Get ready for your daily dose of marketing strategies and tactics from entrepreneurs with the guile and experience to help you find success in any marketing capacity. You're listening to Marketing School with your instructors, Neil Patel and Eric Sue. All right, Marketing School listeners have a special message from our sponsor, DreamHost. If you want to rank higher on Google, you want to make sure your website loads super fast. Check out DreamHost. Not only is their solution super affordable, it'll make your website load faster and they have amazing tools and support for your business to ensure that you grow and succeed. All right, everybody, it's time for another episode of Marketing School. I'm your host, Eric Sue, And I'm Neil Patel. And today we're going to be talking about how to promote a blog post. So because a lot of people talk about content marketing, oftentimes people feel that if they build it, people will come. Just like when developers build a great product, they think people will come. But like our friend Derek Halpern has said, if you're starting out 80% of the time, your time should be spent on promotion. 20% of your time should be spent on the content. So we're going to talk about how to promote a blog post. So I guess I can kick things off. Initially, I mean, when you're starting from scratch, you, ha- you don't have much of a base to go with. I mean, you know, one thing we've suggested in the past and that should always be part of the promotion kind of uh, in, your, in your toolbox is finding people that have already shared a piece of content. So that could mean... You know, the tool we've suggested in the past is always using uh, BuzzSumo or you can search on Twitter for people that have searched a similar article and then build a relationship with these people. First, share something that they have or feature them in an article and mention that you, you linked to them already. Maybe you don't just start out by reaching out to people and saying, hey, you should share this, this, share this stuff because here's the thing. Neil and I were just talking about a second ago that oftentimes when, pe- when people suggest a marketing tactic or strategy, everybody starts to do it. So the thing that we're talking about around, you know, you know, going to BuzzSumo and finding people that have shared something and saying, hey, I saw that you shared this. It might be a good idea if you shared this or we'd appreciate if you shared this. The thing is that's been done so much already. So you got to think about how you can stand out. And we'll talk about that in, a, in another episode. But, um, you know, the first thing is you definitely want to make sure you're, you're finding the right people. But the, the second question is, how are you going to stand out? So um, think about how you can craft that message. We'll give you tactics for that in another episode. But that's for starters, you know, always look for people that are sharing something uh, already and then start to think about how you want to craft your message. I also link out to influencers within the blog post. So if Eric's a popular person in the search and online marketing landscape, which he is, and he has a decent sized Twitter following, if I find relevant content on his blog that's related to the blog post that I'm publishing, I'll link to him because one, it benefits the users, and two, I can get him to promote my blog post. So if I link out to 10 or 20 Eric's within my blog post, I'll email out each of them and I'll be like, Hey, Eric, I just want to let you know I'm a huge fan of your work. So much so that I even linked out to you in my latest blog post. You know, X, Y, and Z. Check it out here. Uh, Cheers, Neil. P.S. It would make my decade, not just year, but it would make my decade if you share this content on your favorite social site. It's that simple. And for every thousand words that I'm producing, I'm roughly linking out like 10 or so times. One of the easiest people to get to share your content is linking to companies. I found that when you email individuals like Eric, he will share it. There's a good chance. But if you link out to a company talking about how they're amazing or their product or service is great, it's really easy to get them to share it. Like I usually find a 70 plus percent hit rate of getting a company to share it when I mention them. All right. And another thing, when you're first starting out, you have to utilize the power of social networks too in terms of running paid social ads. So when you're first starting out, I know Digital Marketer loves doing this. So this is digitalmarketer.com. But uh, I remember I was listening to a podcast last week 
what they did was they spent $58,000 on a launch. And on that launch, 90% of their budget went to promoting an initial piece of content. So indoctrinating people or, um, you know, trying to get people, um, giving people a, a nice, you know, not, not specifically a blog post, but they're giving them like a, like a checklist, for example. So they're just focused on promoting that. And a lot of times they'll also promote a blog post as well. But think about it. If people don't know who you are, the easiest way to find those people, you can find the exact interests. You can find people with similar interests. Um, you know, it's all about the targeting and Facebook is really good with the targeting. So you can drive people, you know, you fo- focus on website clicks, drive them back to your site. Um, and then, you know, worst case scenario, you can retarget them later. Best case scenario, they might buy something or they might um, sign up for your email list. So that's what you can do around with Facebook. But then keep in mind, you know, Facebook's not the only option. You do have other options such as Google as well. The big mistake people make when it comes to promoting their blog content is they don't focus on the headline. Eight out of 10 people will read your headline, but only two out of 10 will click through and read the rest. Think about how many people you're losing just from the reading aspect, right? No one wants to click through. Why? Because the chances are your headline sucks. And you know what? My headlines probably suck too. But eventually you'll figure out how to write amazing headlines, and I did. And when I first started off years ago, I would Google, uh, what was it? Copy blogger headline formula. So go to Google and type in copy blogger headline formula. Copy blogger is one word. And Brian Clark wrote all these articles on how to craft a really compelling headline. He even gives templates. I started using them. The effect that I had when it came to the promotion side, the traffic, when I was emailing out all the people who was like sharing my competitor articles or that I was linking out to and I was saying, hey, promote this article. When I had a compelling headline, I'm not joking, the results were two to three X. Headlines make the world a difference. I don't care if you have an amazing piece of content, but if your headline's shit, no one's gonna share it. So focus on writing really compelling headlines. Google copy blogger headline formula and they'll give you tips and formulas on how to create a really good headline. And to piggyback on that idea, uh, Portent, which is an agency out there, they have a great headline generator. So if you're really running low on ideas, you can just Google Portent, so that's P-O-R-T-E-N-T, headline generator, and you should have something that can help you piece things together to at least give you some ideas around creating great headlines. Now, one thing I I do want to say is people, I mean, you know, as you continue to get better and better at, 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 at blogging, you start to make a name for yourself, you can start to build a syndicate or a group of people that will help promote a piece of content. Uh, for example, you know, when, when we promote content, you know, we're going to ask people that, uh, that are our friends around the online marketing uh, niche to help us promote. So I might ask Neil, I said, Neil, you know, can you, can you help tweet this? And if it's a good, if it's a good article, well, Neil's going to want to tweet it because, you know, first of all, it's going to add value to his audience. And second of all, it's, it's going to make, you know, people, when you share good content, it actually makes you look better too. So it, it also benefits them to share that piece of content. So you can start to build that list of people. Um, and you know, that's going to, that's going to help you in the long run because it's going to get you that initial bump of, um, whether you're looking for, upvotes for something or whether you're just looking for um you're just looking to hit a a bigger bump of social shares or just more traffic initially that's a syndicate will will help you get there so when mark suster started blogging about venture capital i remember he used to email out my co-founder heath and shaw and i every time he published a blog post and he would ask us to just tweet an article and it was a really polite email he's like yeah if you like it feel free to share it if you don't no worries at all and we've met mark in person right so when you go to these conferences and you meet people You can keep building your relationship with them. Don't just have it stop there. Every time Mark would email us, we would share out his content or almost every single time. 
And it was very rare that we ever said no to Mark unless it was like a conflict of interest. And we weren't emailing him back to say, hey, can you share our article or anything like that? We already had a decent social following at the time. We didn't care to ask, but we should have. His strategy was really smart. It helped skyrocket. I'm not saying him having us tweeted really made or break him, but if he did that with 30 or 40 other people, which he probably did, it makes sense on why he ended up generating such a loyal following, right? You just go find other people really popular, network with them at conferences, take the online marketing offline, build the real relationships, and then you can ask them to share your content. Simple strategy, just like Eric mentioned. The other element of paid that I wanted to talk about before we close off today's episode, so we talked about Facebook, that one's obvious. Um, You can also do Twitter as well, but Twitter is slowly dying right now, so we don't know what's going to happen with that. But I, I think... Also, taking a look at Gmail advertising might be a good bet for you because with Gmail advertising, let's say, for example, I'm Coca-Cola and I want to target people opening emails from Pepsi.com or RedBull.com. I can do that using Gmail ads. So I have a lot of different targeting options. Um, You can drive people to a blog post. Uh, The the, the caveat here is that with Gmail, you actually do need to drive two clicks. So uh, one click, you know, to actually get people to open the email and then um, get, get them to click on that too. But that has worked. Um, because we are able to drive the clicks, you know, exceptionally low, and and the costs, uh, the cost per acquisitions also low as well. And speaking of paid advertising, Eric and I actually do two different uh, tools, different strategies when it comes to Facebook. So with Facebook advertising, Eric loves to boost posts, and he'll boost them. You end up generating traffic. I hate that shit. I understand why he does it because it's like you're paying for results. I myself look at it as a bank or like a foundation of a house. I like buying page likes. So you go to Facebook, you do advertising, you buy, let's say, 100,000 page likes over a course of a year, whatever it may be. And then every time you produce a blog post, you share it on the page, you get traffic. Now, the shitty part with buying page likes is Facebook keeps adjusting their algorithm. So eventually, when you promote blog posts on your page, it doesn't do that well. But here's the one thing that I've noticed every time they adjust the algorithm. The posts that would have done viral, like the really good content, they still do well even after Facebook adjusts their algorithm. But the posts that are mediocre don't always hit because when you write a shitload of blog posts, like hundreds of them, not everyone's going to be a hit. Even if you think it is, doesn't mean it will. Those mediocre ones, the ones that kind of like flounder and don't do that well, they do a lot less well than before Facebook adjusted their edrank algorithm. But the ones that would have done well continually do so. And that's why I still love buying page likes because if I go broke one day, I can keep going back to the well to generate traffic without paying for it. Right. And one thing I will say before we hop off around uh, page or uh, boosting posts, I used to think it was a really stupid idea because the way it was set up before was basically you're writing a blank check to Facebook and you weren't really getting many results from it. But it's actually gotten a lot better. And you can actually be creative in terms of targeting. I do recommend listening to Digital Marketers podcast around boosting posts. That one is with Dennis Yu, and it is useful and it is uh, more enlightening. It definitely, you know, wanted made me want to go go back to the drawing board and test it out. So boosting posts is great, but you can also, you know, go to your, the, the the Facebook Power Editor and also just, you know, start uh, driving, you know, page post clicks, or you can start, you know, optimizing for conversion. So you have a lot of different options around there. So that's it for today's episode of Marketing School. We'll see you tomorrow. This session of Marketing School has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe for more daily marketing strategies and tactics to help you find the success you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best daily content possible. We'll see you in class tomorrow right here on Marketing School.